What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On episode 55 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, we actually have a win to talk about and be positive about, not just some exciting performances against Liverpool, so we deep dive on West Ham's win against Southampton, preview the upcoming match against Arsenal, and as always, end the episode with answering some Hammers polls questions. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast. It is episode 55. We're coming hot off a win, and uh, is it any coincidence that we have a packed house here? Uh, Jeremiah, how are you doing over in Colorado? I'm doing good, man. I'm just trying to stay on my feet. It's uh, crazy windy out here today, so yeah, how about you? I'm good. I'm good. Things are all right in Toronto. It's warming up, and it's raining today, so it feels uh, England-esque outside right now. Uh Lou, how are you doing over there in uh, the north? Yes, it's uh, getting a little bit uh, warmer at this time of year, but... uh... Still quite bitter, but West Ham winds uh, warm warm the atmosphere up, so we're all good. They warm the heart. They warm the heart. And Scott, how are things in Australia? I can never figure out the time, let alone the weather. I will let you tell me how it is there. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, early morning. It's it's a bit cool one today. It's only going to be uh, 20 degrees Celsius. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I would kill somebody for 20 degrees right now. Uh, but as Lou brought up, things are warm and fuzzy and welcoming in the West Ham world right now. We have a win to talk about, uh, and what an emphatic win it was! West Ham take down Southampton three one. Should have been more. Uh, should have been more for West Ham and less against them. Uh, Lou, I want to start with you. Uh, was there any downside in this game? Was there any negative? I'm, everyone's really floating very high right now on how positive a performance it was, how great the attack was. Uh, did you see any neg- negative things that we can sort of get out of the way here first before uh, getting on to all those goals that uh, took West Ham clear there? Um, in terms of... I think to pull out any negatives from the game, you you would be being a little bit picky, to be honest. Maybe you could call out one or two performances... But in general, I think the team as a whole played well, so I won't even like go into specifics about specific players. And I think with a win like that, we've been waiting for a not just a home win, but a, a win overall for a long time. And I think you just got to focus on the positives, and that's the only thing that will breed uh, more wins as we head into the Arsenal game. Yeah, more positivity can come with some momentum rolling in the right direction now. And 
uh, you know, Arsenal are, are no top six side, as it were, uh, based on their performances this year and certainly playing Olympiacos the other day. But uh, this is not an Arsenal podcast. Uh, Scott, do you have any uh, nitpicking uh, of the hammers in this match? Uh, do, do you have anything that stands out as uh, questioning or concerning as far as West Ham are concerned? Uh, I would like, as a, echoing the same principle there, I think uh, negatives is a bit of a strong word with, you know, it was a good performance overall, 3-1 win and all this, you know, all the pundits agree. It wasn't like a smash and grab that we didn't really deserve. So I'm happy with it. I mean, there were some weird old stats out of it. I think we only had some, well, we had less than 34% possession, which is odd. And like, I was looking at some of the other stats and our average pass success rate uh, for just as a uh, uh, marker for the last five, six games under Moyes, excluding Man City and Liverpool matches, because I think they're a different, they're a different gravy really to uh, the rest <laughs> of the uh, teams we play. Uh, we've been looking at a 75% pass success rate, 70, 75. In this game, we only had a 59% Bar success rate. Huh. Um, but looking through every, all the stats, I did some real picking through. The All the passes were made in a much better area. We didn't like, mess around with it at, at the back. It's, it's more of a case of like, it was a real emphasis of a change in style of play. Everyone looked ready to get the ball. Like, uh, three I suppose attacking midfield striker changes so with Antonio Bowen and uh, uh, for now every time we won the ball back they were ready to get it and we just we didn't have to mess around with it so I think that kind of shows a change rather than a negative step for us and I think we're really uh, looking I mean if we can replicate that kind of performance against any side we'd give them a go and I think Arsenal is one of those teams that we can absolutely get a result from if we play with the same urgency that we did against Southampton, but also Liverpool. Uh, Jeremiah, I, I don't think you would... I think you'd be probably echo exactly what Scott and Lou had said with basically there being not a ton of negatives from this match. Um, so I want to jump to a positive, and I'll give you first crack at it, but gentlemen, please pipe in when, when Jeremiah is done there. Jared Bowen, he, he looks like the real deal. I mean, his... His highlight reel they shared on on in, uh, Instagram and Facebook. The, the second highlight was him coming back and making a goal, potential goal saving tackle. Uh, and and you know he's nutmegging people. He's running across the front line. He's making great passes. He's recovering the ball. Uh, just how impressed Jeremiah were you with Bowen in, in his first start for the club? It's definitely definitely extremely impressed. I think you you touched on a lot of things, but you just never really know, I guess, what you're going to get when you bring somebody in. Not to kind of echo what Moyes said, but somebody from the championship bringing him in, getting their first you know start at home, and he he did everything right. He played the ball perfect. Uh, that goal was amazing. Everything he did just worked out. It was one of those days, and I, I think that we probably would be naive to sit here and say that's going to happen every week, week in and week out. And if it does, that's you know. We'll take that and happily week, be wrong on that one. Happily be wrong on that, yeah. But I, I think that all in all, yeah, it's so impressed. It was good to see him come out. I didn't think he was going to start with, with the Moyes comments and just this big match at home. I thought he might not actually come in and start. But, man, what a what a shift he put in. And you could just see the excitement on his face. And all the interviews, you know, post-match, the next day, he, he's excited to be here. He's excited to push. And it's um, it's really cool to see. And But 
Yeah, all in all, man, what a great shot that was. I think that was probably, I mean, it was a good goal, but that was one of the most least impressive things I've seen him do that day. Everything else just kind of added into it. But, yeah, all in all, it was a great home debut and, and, and what a starting match for him. Yeah, Scott or Lou, any thoughts on, on Bowen there that, that Jeremiah didn't touch on that impressed you with his uh, with his home debut? Not really. I just echo the sentiments. I was obviously impressed with the goal. It was kind of, it was the kind of goal that uh, we saw when he was linked to us when we were all watching highlights uh, of his time at Hull. It was the kind of goal that was in his videos and his typical kind of goal. It was a lovely, neat finish with his left foot. But like you say, just the work rate and uh, like obviously that goal saving tackle was is not going to be talked about as much as his goal. But you know that stopped it from going three two. And if it went three two, we we likely would have uh, collapsed and ended up drawing <laughs> like against Brighton. So he sa- he saved us big time there. But uh, yeah, hopefully he can keep that work rate up. And it wasn't just kind of a thing on his debut. He was pumped up. He was like trying to impress a manager. Hopefully, if he gets a long run in the team, that's just a part of his game. And yeah, just something we can look forward to seeing more of. Yeah, Scott, do you think the the performance we saw from Bowen is sustainable for him? Uh, I mean, effort-wise, that's completely up to him and his fitness. But do you think he'll be pulling results like an early goal like that, or you know the tackles that we say that don't sh- show up on the score sheet. Do you think we'll see more of that on a consistent basis from Bowen as long as he's starting? I think it's interesting. Again, there are certain aspects that are always going to be a bit uh, volatile. So it's the same things that we worry about with maybe like Felipe Anderson. He, uh, Bowen did, I think he completed something like six dribbles according to stats, which was more than anyone else on the pitch. Um maybe that's not going to be as high all the time because sometimes he's going to get tackled. There's going to be better, like, defenders have a good day and this kind of thing. But what I say, as long as he keeps the energy up, what I did enjoy about him is that he he didn't waste the ball very often. Um, he Every time he got the ball, he looked up, went, okay, can I, can I take this man on? If I don't feel it, I'll offload it and I'm going to beat him for pace off the ball and receive the ball back again. He, he wasn't he didn't try anything stupid and I think that's what was really impressive about his performance to me is that he didn't uh, his goal wasn't a 30 yard screamer that's going to come off once every other season maybe uh, it wasn't something that we all go oh my god that piece of skill was absolutely outrageous how is he ever going to do it it was a nice shadow run uh, Alain made the move across the box and um, Bowen uh sort of copied it like behind him and beat his beat the defender got on it it's a great goal because of its simplicity and i think that's was like that's the underpinning of his performance to me everything he did was very good down to the foundational level so i think we made a good purchase and i'd be very excited to see how he does going forward again yeah it's, it's safe to say the rest of the crew here kind of agrees with you uh george just wrote up an article on green street hammers and the title is why the success of Jared Bowen could have an impact on future West Ham signings. And I think that that's completely true. If you reward performances like this with more starting minutes, uh, which obviously Bowen is here to help us avoid relegation, uh, you're going to see more opportunities coming to players and more players wanting to come and take those opportunities. So I think it's it's really important. And, and now that we've talked about 
Jared Bowen. There's a lot of other players uh, in West Ham's attack, Pablo Fornells, Antonio, Allaire, who all had impacts on this game. Uh, outside of Bowen, Jeremiah, I'll come back to you here. Who were you most impressed with and why in, in West Ham's attack? Um, I'm going to go with Allaire. I think, you know, Antonio was impressive, but the maybe the unethical part with Allaire is that normally, you know, we've seen him out there on his own. We've seen him. We've been calling for weeks to have somebody come play with him. And I think that, you know, finally getting to see that, even at the beginning of the match, even the commentator said it, and I think I was questioning it too, is, is his work rate going to be able to keep up with Antonio? They're clearly not, you know, they don't have the same pace. But it seemed, you know, what was it, maybe 15 minutes whenever Bowen got that first opportunity, or was it less than that? When they were all streaking up the field together, you know, you saw Allaire have the pace. He was staying up there. And I think from that point forward, playing up there with Antonio, having uh, Bowen out there to the right-hand side, it just kind of boosted up his game. The big impressive part was that he didn't give up. I think a lot of times we've seen him give up out of frustration, and who can blame him? But giving up out of frustration in the past, Antonio just kind of, like, dinks in that little, like, call it a cross. But he dunked it in, and, and Allaire kept playing on it, and he just kind of – you know, pressed off the, use basketball terms, kind of pressed off the goalie and just put it in. It was fantastic to see. And all in all, most impressed with him just because of how, you know, weeks past we've seen just kind of negativity, not being able to finish, kind of giving up on plays. And in this this match, he played it up well. He played good with Antonio. And I think having those guys around him helped him bring up his level of play. And, and obviously winning helps. But either way, yeah, most impressed with him. Lou, who do you have for most impressive uh, outside of uh, Jared Bowen? Yeah, I likely would have gone with Ale, but it'd be a bit boring after <laughs> Jeremiah's explanation. Then, so I'll I'll uh, make a case for Fanals and his two assists. Uh, they weren't just to like any old assists. Were anyone getting get an assist if they made the final pass? But they were really both balls cut the Southampton defence open and didn't make it easy for the strikers to score because they were two great finishes. But he did put them on a plate for him. In a way, and that is the kind of creativity from open play that we've been missing for most of the season. Uh, I think Anderson, Snodgrass, and Fanals all have a few assists each, but uh, Snodgrass has a few from set pieces, and Anderson, Anderson's form, well, assist and creativity form has died from earlier in the season. But Fanals has really stepped up his game since Christmas. And uh, those two assists on Saturday should should do well to keep him in the team against Arsenal, especially with suit check out. And uh, I think Moyes is finally, or finally has to concede that Fernandes is now a starter ahead of uh, his usual favourite one, uh, Lanzini. And I think that it'll stay that way at least until the end of the season now. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong there, to say the least. And apparently Fornells was looking pretty damn good on match of the day. Uh, I, I can't get that programming over here, but uh, it did flatter him. And uh, as well, I just wanted to bring bring up, uh, like you were saying, his assists, he kind of put them on a platter. It, but there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really awesome technical work that you were bringing up that, that made those assists happen. When he took the layoff from Allaire on the header and put it over the top for Antonio, nine times out of ten you see that pass gets sent too long and the keeper can come out and claim it it was perfectly just over the center back set and right onto his foot and like you said put it on a platter so uh really really impressive there uh scott 
who are you most impressed with? You can call out someone uh, that we already have touched on here. No need to feel like you're being repetitive. Uh, Lou was clearly not in a safe space when uh, when that came up. But uh, who 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 are you uh, who are you impressed by? Um, yeah, I I would go for Fornals as well. I think uh, my he he's the type of player I love to see uh, on the ball for a club. He's the type of player I think Lanzini was when he joined. I think Lanzini is fallen away a little bit whether that's due confidence injury form uh, I don't know if he needs to move away for a bit and just sort of uh, rediscover that but for now is he's great on the ball he always he's always looking to go forward I think that's what we've missed. We've seen a lot of passes in the midfield and defensive third where it's just pass back to Noble, to Rice. Lanzini does a little wander around and then back around. Fornells took the ball. I mean, technically he was on the left-hand side for most of it. But what he did differently to Anderson was rather than sort of attacking the uh, sort of the corner flag as such, trying to get down that side and get across in, is he would attack the top of the box. Uh, he would try and attack the inside of that fullback. And he didn't really know what to do, especially with Cresswell bombing on down the left-hand side uh, and potentially drawing that space out. Uh, Fornells has the ability to find that pass that we saw for Bowen's goal and really open up the centre of the pitch, which is where you're going to get your goals from. Uh, so I really enjoyed his performance, uh, although I will say it wouldn't have been possible without Antonio, uh, who kind of played a free role off of Valor. He kind of didn't have a side and he was just popping up wide on either side, just able to pick and torment which defender he fancied at the time. And it really uh, allowed his physical prowess to come out because we all know he isn't the most subtle of or technical of players. But if you like give him half a yard head start, he's going to beat most defenders in the Premier League to the, to the ball, whether that's uh, by pace or, or just uh, physically like muscling him off. So I think it, whether this was just a little bit of luck from Moyes or whether he's been planning this the entire time and just the Man City and Liverpool games kind of restricted what he thought he was able to do. This is a very good shape for West Ham. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you gave uh, Antonio his, his due credit there because he, like you said, he does a lot of stuff just by being on the pitch, pulling attention uh, and pulling defenders away in different areas that allows space to be created for those other players. And it's super important, especially like you had said, I think you brought up, you broke down Fornells terrifically there about how he's attacking the edge of the box more, uh, which is why I think his future is in the middle of the pitch for West Ham, uh, opposed to the, to the left side. I think that's going to be Felipe Anderson coming back in on that left side more so, or even at secondary striker, but we'll come to that in a little bit there. But yeah, I, I, guys, I think we we can all agree it was a pretty round, rounded, well-rounded performance for West Ham. All three points are massive. They take this club out of the relegation zone, albeit it is on goal differential after uh, <laughs> Watford got an extremely unlikely result at Liverpool. I like to think that we chipped away at them prior to this uh, and made that happen, but uh, I digress. Um, but... Uh, we can, we'll quell it there. Uh, we'll take a quick little break here. When we come back, we're going to uh, look ahead to the upcoming match against Arsenal and as well still touch on this win and see what we can pull from it in regards to how West Ham are going to react and push forward against Arsenal. For West Ham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best West Ham videos and podcasts, download the free COY Irons app now from the App Store and Google Play. 
We are back with segment two, and we are looking ahead to the match coming up for the Hammers. This time it's against Arsenal, and the immediate reaction in your head, just like a, you know, force of habit, is like, oh, Arsenal, okay, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be, you know, West Ham are going to be up against it. Uh, not so in recent matches for them, and also not so in recent history with Arsenal and West Ham. It's been a lot closer of a fixture in the past few years uh, than you'd, led to be, you'd be led to believe. Uh, and, and specifically, when we look back this season, when West Ham did play Arsenal, it ended 3-1 for the Gunners, but it was more of a lapse in West Ham's play than it was Arsenal striving ahead. Uh, again, they're, they're coming off an FA Cup fifth-round win. They played yesterday against Portsmouth. A lot of uh, youth players in the team for them, although their defense uh, was largely made up of senior players as well as their midfield. Uh, but they're coming off of a dramatic lost to Olympiacos in extra time, wasted chances, awful defending, really does open the door for West Ham to take advantage of an Arsenal team that is lacking massively on confidence uh, and play some hard-nosed football. Uh, we'll, we'll switch up the order here. Lou, I'll come to you first. Uh, when you think about Arsenal, especially this season, is there much to be concerned about if you're West Ham, considering they're coming off of uh, an impressive win? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Aubameyang is still one of the best strikers in the league and he's got a decent little support cast in terms of uh, I know they're not all in form but Lacazette, Ozil, uh, Pepe and a few youngsters in the team as well uh, they still provide a lot going forward but the thing we should be focusing on obviously is the defence and can we get at the defence yes we can especially with the lineup that we played last Saturday and hopefully Moyes will stick to that lineup but other otherwise you know if he reverts back to type uh, and goes into a more defensive shape then I think we're just conceding that we the best we can come out uh, from with from the Emirates is is a is a part of the bus kind of point and I think we're better than that at the minute. And I don't think Arsenal are as good as they were in previous years, obviously. And they don't really deserve the respect, that kind of respect where teams now go and, you know, part of the bus. Uh, so, but obviously, like I say, Aubameyang is, can get a goal out of anything. Uh, and we've got to be very wary of the attack because... Although they're not picking up many wins, Arteta has kind of implemented a kind of his take and style on things, and it's kind of a work in progress. So I do expect them to get better, but at this moment in time, they are vulnerable, and we should be looking to go there and go for the points. Sorry, I blew my pen out of my hand there. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you as well. I think West Ham are not a team that's set up structurally to defend. Um, to, to defend without attacking, I think West Ham can, can do their most damage when they hold onto the ball a bit and pressure the other team and try and limit offensive chances against. But we'll see exactly how that goes. I think Moyes will have... will have learned his lesson there when it comes to... based off of how West Ham performed against Liverpool. Uh, now, Jeremiah, I want to get your opinion on this here. It, outside of a bummy yang, is there much that you see in the way of West Ham struggling to cope with anything on this Arsenal team? 
Yeah, I think Luke kind of touched on it a little bit, but definitely Pepe, Lacazette, you might not be as concerned about them as you would be Aubameyang, but Arsenal's definitely a team where, yeah, they're not maybe as, uh, you're not as terrified of them anymore, but they can still come out, and if you have, sit back at all, if you kind of take any sort of break and, and maybe not be on your A game defensively, they can take advantage of you, and that to me, that kind of goes back a little bit to the Southampton match. I know we just touched about it, but besides that one goal going in, for the most part, they played a really good defensively, defensive-minded match, um, really, besides that first one that they let in. They didn't fall asleep. They didn't give up. Um, towards the end, it was a little – it was definitely nervy, but I think as long as they can push that same kind of momentum going forward, they should be all right. But but Arsenal, are they, they're definitely still that side where if you fall asleep on them at all, if you're not, you know, fully defensively kind of paying attention to those two or three guys that are going to be up top, yeah, they can still definitely come back to bite you because they have a solid solid midfield. And I think it depends if Ozil plays, what Ozil will see. I know we've talked about him before on this podcast, but he, you know, he's still a really good player and, and they have other good players around them. I think that that's just going to be the focus. It might be a little more boring, maybe not as exciting as his last match, but yeah, all in all, our defense is still going to have to um, – stay alive and stay awake and, and hopefully keep the same form they have going on to West Ham getting a result or a point here or three points possibly from Arsenal. Uh, what comes to mind to me is having to really take advantage of set pieces when they come into play for the hammers. Uh, I, I am specifically talking about corner kicks. We, we generated a fair few against Southampton and we did capitalize when it came to corner kicks against Liverpool uh, they are a, Arsenal are a much worse defending team than Liverpool. How do you think West Ham is going to get a result out of this game offensively? Uh, well, I'm, I think as for what I brought up earlier with the possession stats is that's the kind of performance we need again. We're probably going to have less of the ball, so we need to be direct and very focused when we do it. Uh, when we do go forward, um, obviously, as you said. Uh, Arsenal's set-piece defence has been awful for years. And I don't know, it's amazing how these kind of things persist in clubs, uh, even when they've had change of staff in there. Um, but they don't seem to have the organisation or leadership uh, when defending. So if you're Moyes, you're probably looking at it and thinking, can I get Snodgrass back into the side in order mm. to get his uh, deliveries in there? Um my caution against that would be the natural replacement is uh, well I mean the natural replacement is Bowen because they both play on the right hand side uh, you might end up taking off someone like um, if you were really judging it on previous performances Ale because and then you leave Antonio up front but then we did best with two up front it's a really tricky situation now we've gone into it off not not just a win but a really convincing win and if you if he was planning on making us like a that's a sub to focus on those uh, set pieces that's hard that's a really tough thing and then what if you don't get as many as you think and uh, it's a real um gamble to go with that i'd be very tempted to stay with the side you have and decide that one um it defended. We defended very uh, compactly. For Nails and Bowen tucked in very well. Uh, obviously, they've got so many players that can just pick up a goal from nowhere. Even like a was it um, Emiliano Martinez, the, oh. the youngster. Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Is it? Is it? Is that him? Uh, 
Martinelli, um, yeah, Gabriel Martinelli. Martinelli, that's it, that's it. Martinelli, that's it. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at something there going, well, I mean, they, they've got a load of changes they can make and it, what if one chance falls to one of them in the box, that's that can be it. And that's the difference when you're playing a side like Arsenal. But they have so many leaks and that's what we have to expose. Absolutely. And, and, and Lou, I want to come back to you here. Uh, Scott sort of brought up how his how he views West Ham getting a result here do you have any differing opinions or, or any players specifically on West Ham's team that you would like to see something specific out of when it comes to generating offense and and helping urge forward this team no I, I, I just generally I, I'm usually a man of if we, if we win and we get a convincing win you generally hope to stick with the same team I, I get why people would suggest Maybe Snodgrass to shore up the middle, or, or we've not really got many options now. Suchek is out, to be fair. I'm not going to suggest Sanchez, am I? But <laughs> hey, Sanchez had but, an assist uh, for the under 23s. He looked uh, he looked like an absolute gem at his level, under 23, baller. Premier League 2, Division but, 2. To be fair, I remember Sanchez uh, last year. He, he actually had a really good game at the Emirates, even though we lost 3 1. So, But uh, of, of course, not like, on, a, on a serious note, I'd. I'd keep the same team. We, we are. I think we're in a position where where we need points and muddling things up when we get a good result is is a big risk and a big uh, threat to not getting those points. Yeah, Jeremiah, I, I want to come come to you now. Um, Something I picked up on, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, when West Ham allowed that goal, the, the leveler against Southampton, there was one player that threw his arms up and dropped his head back uh, on the pitch for West Ham, and that was Declan Rice. Um, in the previous match against Liverpool, he got a yellow card uh, for kicking away the ball needlessly uh, with plenty of time left in the match uh, and, and showed sort of a lack of discipline there. And now he's showing sort of that immaturity that we all thought he just superseded when he stepped into the first team. Jeremiah, I want to know, do you, he's our best player in all of these games, and we don't talk about him because he plays that defensive midfield position, but he's constantly there. He supports the attack. He gets no credit for these unbelievable passes he sets up. Uh, and, and then again, coming back on, on defensive support, he, he's, he's world-class. But you do see these sort of little, little bits of his game that you don't love. What can we see? What can we hope to see from Declan Rice? And, and do you think possibly switching up his partner in the midfield with uh, Robert Snodgrass instead of Mark Noble maybe the op- maybe the actual way to ignite that? Because while Noble will keep him organized, I think Snodgrass will smack him about the head a little bit if he starts getting <laughs> on. So uh, do, do you? I just want to know your general thoughts on the West Ham midfield too that are, are probably going to be called on and, and basically how you break down Declan Rice still being a kid, I guess. Yeah, you know, you just touched it right there. He's still a kid. I think that's a lot of times where we see the, 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 the outputs that he's going to put on there. I mean, he he's young. I mean, what did he just turn? Was he 21? I'm trying to get this right. Yeah, anyway, just yeah, just turned. Yeah, so he, he's young. He, he's definitely young. He's playing well above his age, and I think that's something we got to sometimes remember. And he does play so well. I think a lot of times we just are so used to it. We're so used to the ability and the fact that he's going to come out and he's going to do that every single match. And it is a lost art. I think it, I wrote about it before in GreaseDreamHammers.com that that kind of defensive midfielder role is sometimes a lost art. And the way he plays it anyway, or the way him and Noble both play it. And, and you are right with uh, 
with Noble being in there and he's going to direct him. I, I think that's still needed. I think if Nobes can play the way that he did against Southampton, he was out there the entire match. He played well um, at points. Definitely can tell that his legs are still, they're not, they're going away. And I get that. And that's, that's sad for me to say, because I'm the same age as him. And I mean, <laughs> he's, he's done, he's done it way better than I am. So I'll just say that. And coming out and I think that's still probably the best pairing once the real question for me is once Suchek comes back, I think the Suchek goes into that role that Noble is kind of in right now. And I think that if Suchek can come back healthy and he can continue to play the way that we've seen him, then you'll see Rice and Suchek back there. And, and that that's a defensive midfield. I think that could definitely help us stay up for sure. And and then you got you still have the question mark about, Snod, about Snodgrass and where you throw him in. But you bring Suchek in. You bring him in from where he's coming from, and, and you get him playing well, and he is playing well. And I think those two are going to be there. But for me, I think the outbursts and the just kind of the arms up in the air, the head going up, is still him being a kid, and it's just going to be a learning experience. And I know we've talked about it before. A lot of a lot of us, we all kind of see him as the next Mr. West Ham if he will stay around if we don't get relegated and we stay up. But he still has a lot of growth, and hopefully that does come. With the more that he's out there, the more he gets smacked around by these older players. But to me, I think it's all age. I don't think that there's any, you know, we'd be looking too much into the weeds if we try to find anything else that comes out of it. All right, we're going to go to the predictions part here. And Jeremiah, I don't want to step on your toes when it comes to predicting scores specifically, but I do want to see how you guys are feeling generally around West Ham getting a result here. Uh, We'll jump back to you, Scott, here first. Uh, How do you feel about West Ham getting a result in this game? And do you think three points are there for the taking? I feel positive. Uh, I think we've got a chance against the side that does leak goals. Um, as long as we don't go back to the way we played against Liverpool and Manchester City, where we tried to sort of defend first and sort of see if we could n- uh, nick a goal through uh, a set play or something like that, I think we do need to make sure we have attacking options on the pitch uh, at all points and the options to really hurt a quite static defence so I think there are three points there for the taking but at the same point uh, Arsenal fans probably saying the same about us that we have the propensity to lead goals and they have the ability to nick them uh, even if they don't play well so I think it could be a very good match Lou what do you think are West Ham going to get three points here Um, I think the most likely outcome uh, probably not by the bookies but in general, I think a draw is a likely outcome between the two teams at the minute. Arsenal are getting getting a lot of draws, and as much as I would like us to win, I would be happy with a point. I think it would keep us on a nice, steady progress, starting from the Liverpool match. And in general, it would still be a very good point because it still is the Emirates, and not many teams do go there and win. And I think we we have the capabilities to hurt the defence. But like like we mentioned before, they still have top-class players in attack, so a draw would not to be sniffed at. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I'm agreeing with you guys. Jeremiah, I want to get your thoughts here before I drop mine on it here. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I'm just going to say this, I think anything other than a, uh, if we lose, it'll be disappointing. I think the draw is probably more likely. We all want to see three points, but it's going to be, I think at the end of the day, it is going to be a little harder than we might imagine. They're definitely a better side. 
than Southampton, and they're going to play and keep pushing probably a little bit harder. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I probably will go with a draw. I don't know yet. My, my mind will probably change 16 times by the time we get to, to the match. But yeah, I think if we lo- if we come out of there with a loss, that'll be disappointing and, and unexpected. I agree, and I think the I think something that we know a lot about on the negative side, on our side of being West Ham supporters, is there's a lot of pressure still on Arsenal to start getting some results together here because European football is slipping away from their uh, from their team here as the as the league moves on. Um, so with that pressure mounting, and with with you know they're currently sitting tenth right now, and although their record shows two wins and three draws in their last five. Uh, our Arsenal are still a team that is struggling and in transition with a new manager. And I think that if you see West Ham get out to an early lead, uh, the heads could drop and the supporters could get on their team and it could sort of start a negativity uh, in the ball rolling in a negative fashion for them, which I would be all on board for because you have to then go for the throat uh, if you're West Ham. So I, I have my fingers crossed for a result here. I agree with what you guys have said. A draw is probably the likely option. Uh, a loss would be disappointing. I agree with you, Jeremiah. But I do think, uh, as you guys have also said, that West Ham have to be going for three points here and taking lessons from that Liverpool match, from the Southampton match, and saying, this is our team, this is how we're attacking, and if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to score five goals. So uh, I would I would very much be down with that rambling, gambling type of football there, especially against a team as leaky as Arsenal is. Uh, we are going to take one more break, and when we come back, we're going to touch on some Hammers polls questions. The final segment's underway here for the Green Street Hammers podcast. And as always, we're jumping in uh, and closing out the episode with some Hammers Polls questions at Hammers Polls on Twitter for that West Ham Pulse. Uh, All right, the first question here uh, has 254 votes. It was from nine hours ago. uh, And the Sun are reporting that uh, West Ham are scouting Brentford's Ollie Watkins. Do you want to see him alongside Allaire next season? Jeremiah, what do you think? I'll be honest, I don't know... I don't know a whole lot about him. I mean, definitely seen the article come out and kind of researched him a little bit. And he, he is electric. He plays really well. I think that he's come in and done well there at Brentford. And, um, yeah, I think it just really depends on our, uh, how this, how the season ends, how the, how the players kind of end. And I'm be curious to see too. I know that Silva, he's not uh, necessarily a natural born striker, but just to see how he does, he's been playing really well in the 23s and so of some of our other younger youngsters in the uh, under 23. So I'd be kind of more curious maybe to see how they do, but definitely not a bad player. And if they went out and got him, I wouldn't be disappointed. 22 goals and three assists in 35 games this season in the championship. So, yeah, I think uh, I think like you said, he, he's he's performing at a pretty ridiculous clip there. So, a potential uh, a potential assassin for the Hammers for sure. Scott, for sure. what do you think? A uh, bit like Jeremiah, I'm not too uh, aware of uh, him past those initial stats. I mean, obviously, we've seen players that are. Um, are able to score in the championship and then not translate that in the Premier League. Um, we've also seen players that have done it in both. Uh, so there's not a direct correlation there. But, I mean, it's clear to see that he's he's able to compete in the air. He's uh, He can play with his back to goal as well. Uh, he might be a good... Uh, I'm not sure whether... He, or Again, I'd have to see him play with someone strong. and Because uh, like, Alain wins so many aerial uh, contests at the moment and before last matches that we didn't have anyone to actually win them again so I, uh, 
it would be interesting to see. Uh, and if we could get him for a decent price, that would be a very interesting move for us, I think. Uh, I'd much prefer us, given that we've spent big on players that maybe haven't come in in the last couple of years and done as well as we thought. But then again, if Aller ends up scoring uh, 12 goals this season after a bit of a, uh, a blip in the middle, that wouldn't be horrendous. Um, so it's just about making sure we back that, back that up now and maybe not spend big on one player, but get some uh, talent that's eager to go for it. And if uh, he can carry, if, uh, if Watkins can carry this form to the end of the season, I can certainly see why we'd be interested. Lou, what do you think? Are you in for Watkins coming in potentially as the uh, Albion to Jetty replacement who looks all but set to leave? Yeah, for sure. I think I think he would be a better option than a Jetty. And I, I just like the idea of signing players in his age bracket. Obviously, we got Bowen in in the January transfer window and Watkins is only 24 I believe so we're, we look to be building uh, quite a youthful and exciting side in terms of that and we've still got this is providing we stay up with we'll still have Anderson for Nels then we'll have Bowen Haller and if we brought Watkins in they, they're, they're all pretty pretty similar ages like 23, 24, 25 so we could have a an attack formed there, providing we keep them all for a good few years if we stay. Yeah, I'm all on board for bringing in Watkins as well. Um, he, he's a player who who plays currently in a three, like a th- front three. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how he does with someone like Alaire. But as we saw against Southampton, Alaire is really great at dropping into that number ten position almost and, and getting the ball further up the pitch. So um, you know, goal scorers score goals. And the championship's as competitive as it's ever been. So uh, you know, why not take a swing on them? And like Scott said, maybe spend less on a name that's that's less proven in the European stage and you know, gamble on him to be the next uh, Jared Bowen, if you will, or Mikel Antonio, as it were. Uh, okay, well, look ahead to the next question here. Uh, by the way, that question has an 80-20 split uh, in favor of bringing in Watkins. I know that, uh, that uh, Brentford were resigned to try and win... Uh, promotion this season they currently sit fifth in the table i believe yeah fifth on 57 points uh it looks like west brom uh is is number one to to go up there and then the the playoffs should be rather tight because there's teams all the way around them uh, in a really really tight promotion race so we'll see what happens with brentford should they get promoted uh but again uh, we'll revisit that in the summer for sure uh okay on to the next question here uh, this one comes from JPWHUTV at JPWHUTV. Great uh, West Ham YouTube personality there. So give him some love. Uh, of course, if you know us, you for sure know him. So, uh, so you know, share the love around the West Ham world there. Hello, everyone. Our next 10 games, Arsenal away, Wolves away, Spurs away, Chelsea home, Newcastle away, Burnley home, Norwich away, Watford home, Man U away, Villa home, all to come. How many points do you think we will get? Uh, I'll start this one. The options are zero to four, five to nine, or ten to fifteen. I think we're looking at ten to fifteen. I think we're going to see momentum start rolling. Uh, if you look at the games coming up, I think we're going to win at Arsenal, probably lose at Wolves, draw at Spurs, beat Chelsea, beat Newcastle, beat Burnley, and then there's a stinky one somewhere in the final three games. There, I think we're going to be rounding out the the league here and jumping out of the relegation battle. So I vote for ten to fifteen. Uh, what say you, Lou? 
Is there not an option for 15 plus? There wasn't, but uh, feel free to, to be the uh, write-in candidate there. I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying we will, but you never know. And I think... Uh, I'm just trying to think what we would need in terms of points to to stay up this season. I'm not I'm not really sure what the ballpark figure will be this season. It might be a bit lower than usual. So I think if we do get manage to get 15 points out, out of uh, or average 1.5 points a game from now until the end of the season, I think I think we'll do well to stay up. Yeah, and sorry. Yeah, I, I'll I'll go. I mean, it, it's so tough because we don't know injuries, we don't know form at the time. I, I only like to like predict the next three games and anything above that is it just depends on 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 on, on a number of factors. But but I think if we get around fifteen, we, we'll be comfortably safe. Scott, what do you think? Where where is our points total going to be? Uh it, it's. I think it really depends on how much we can capitalise on the win against Southampton. If we can get a good, decent result and performance against Arsenal, and really carry that in, I think we're going to be. You know, I think we'll be in good shape. Uh, I, like following on from what Lou said, I don't think uh, everyone always talks about forty points. But I was reading an article about how forty points is just because it's a nice round number. People pick it. Uh, the only time it's ever not been safe was for West Ham and um, a lot of the time it's below that the the safety line um, so given how many teams are down and around us at the moment I think we could be looking at something like uh, 37 points will probably be enough to save you uh, going by previous years uh, which means we need 10 points from our last 10 games and uh, I think we can get that, uh, especially, again, if we get a win at Arsenal or draw at Arsenal, I think we can go into those matches against Wolves, who may be looking at, uh, you know, they're going to have a lot on their plate. Um, their Spurs, Spurs are looking awful, uh, put it frankly, without uh, without Kane up front. The Marino they don't really seem to have a focus. Yeah. Um, Chelsea are, are up and down. I think, I mean, the just beating Liverpool at the moment but they're also uh, capable of uh, well, we beat them early in the season it's um, they're, they're finding it hard to really put together any consistency and then you've got we're going to finish off a sit we have a run of four games Newcastle, Burnley Norwich and Watford so why not I think we can uh, take quite a few points from the last bit and uh, really uh, finish in a decent or decent position relatively to where we are now all right, Jeremiah. What's your point total? What do you, well, Scott? Did you give me a point total there? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, ooh, so out of the next, how many games was it? Sorry, ten games, and the options are zero to four, five to nine, or ten to fifteen. I think we'll take ten to fifteen. Jeremiah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with ten to fifteen. I think if we don't get ten to fifteen, then uh, we're in serious, serious, serious trouble, especially with some of the teams that we're playing against. That would mean they were taking points away from us and moving up above us. But, yeah, 10, I agree with you, Lou, man. 10 matches is, is a long stress, especially for West Ham to try to sit down and predict. Because, like, you know, West Ham, man, we were really good. In, in 10 matches, we could be really good at just playing awful to back to mediocre to back down to playing awful to really good again. So it's just it's, it's tough to pick out that far. But I think that if we don't get 10 to 15, we'll be in trouble. But I 
I just think with the running matches coming up, we're coming into it, which would normally look like a really tough stretch, and it still could be, but right now it's almost perfect timing. So maybe the gods are looking out for West Ham. Who knows? Yeah, that's a, that's a clean sweep there for 10 to 15 points for us. And I think we have the team to do it, and I think the confidence is what's been lacking. Um, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's something we've been missing and, and direly needing. So you know, getting a, having a game that – has a bunch of players nabbing points and scoring goals and playing really well individually, uh, which, as Moyes highlighted, individual mistakes have been costing West Ham points since he's taken over. Uh, ironing out those individual issues, picking each other up and pushing forward is how you build that momentum and camaraderie in the team that there's a lot of pressure on right now. So uh, let, let's end the Hammers Pulls questions here with this last question, and I'll start with you, Jeremiah, again. Uh, which of these players in the attack could you not go without till the end of the season? Should they go injured? The options are Fornals, Alaire, Antonio, or Bowen. Yeah, it was could not go without, right? Exactly. Who's our most important individual player? Yes, I know that uh, I said Alaire was the best player from this last match, but I do think that probably Fornals, and I know I might steal somebody else's thunder on this, but without him uh, kind of controlling that midfield, being the kind of middle guy between the defense defensive midfielders and the attackers is has been electric and he showed that so hopefully Moyes uh, has figured that out maybe he's read some of our articles and he knows that uh, we're right on this topic but um, yeah I think all in all that without him that would be uh, that would be a big issue so I'll, I'll, I'll vote him all right Lou who do you have uh, Antonio mm. I think whenever he plays we don't always play well but we to play better and he gets the best out of Allah. And if we want to get the best out of Allah, then, oh, sorry, if we want to play at our best and we need to get the best out of Allah, it's like a domino effect if Antonio plays, Allah plays well, and so on, so on. So, and I think just with his energy and commitment and drive and runs, it just brings a different kind of vibe to the team. And obviously, he's got the power and pace as well, which uh, we we do lack in the team without him. So, yeah, Antonio, I think, is our probably most important player. Yeah, I think the, the knee-jerk reaction is to say uh, Jared Bowen after his great start. But I would go with one of the strikers, and I'd be inclined to say Antonio as well. Um, if you look at Fornals, if he's playing on the left side, if he drops out, who do you have that can go there? Well, you could have Antonio potentially, and also Felipe Anderson's the obvious uh, the obvious answer on that one. If you lose Alaire or Antonio, your next option at striker is Albion Ajeti, and after that, you don't really have any options outside of the under-23s. On the right side, if you lose Bowen, you have, uh, again, Mikel Antonio or probably Robert Snodgrass step up. So I think just for the versatility factor and the less options to replace him, uh, I think it's going to be Antonio for me. But all, all four of them are, are going to be crucial to West Ham staying up here. And uh, I superseded Scott because he had to jump out a little bit early here, uh, but uh, such is life. Antonio did win the vote on this one. 59.1% uh, is how that rounded out for him. Uh, and gentlemen, that's where we're going to call it here for the podcast. Uh, it's been another great episode, and this time with some actual results to urge the uh, <laughs> to urge the positivity on. Last time we were just happy that West Ham went down swinging against Liverpool, so uh, safe to say things are moving forward, and we're excited for Arsenal. Lou, any final thoughts on how West Ham are looking right now, and, and how excited you are moving forward with the team for the rest of the season? Also, I want your thoughts on this last question. Do you think David Moyes uh, should have the summer and next season to shape the team? Should West Ham stay up? 
Should we stay up? <sighs> yeah, I would give him the summer. And I'd give him, I guess, next season or part of next season, depending on how well he's doing. I think that would be the second time he's kept us up. And at some point, you do have to concede. You know, we'll give you a go here. Uh, just to just to give him his dues, but I'd, he's not the man I want in the long term. But I, I, I will be interested to see what he would do because obviously we talked before we're linked with people like Watkins. We got Bowen, and uh, we look to be building quite a young and exuberant side. So uh, yeah, I'd like to see what he can do with those kind of players and what kind of style he can implement when he's not got the pressure of facing relegation on his hands. What do you think, Jeremiah? Do you do you want David Moyes to, to be the guy in the summer and next year? Uh, that's tricky. I think if he does keep us up and uh, he does it in some, some type of, uh, you know, stylish-looking uh, performances like we had this past weekend, and then, yes, I, I think that, you know, like Lou said, he's earned his dues. If that happens, it'll be the second time. I thought last go-around, you know, regardless of the fact that Pellegrini's just got a pedigree that's a lot higher than his, I didn't want to see him go. I thought he earned his dues last go-around. And um, it just, it's week in, week out. But, you know, if West Ham looked like they have last week, if he stays with that and we, we finish strong these next 10 matches, and um, then, yeah, he definitely has earned his dues. And why not? And, and maybe... You know, worst comes to worst, we start out next season and not trying to be negative, but then, you know, Christmas time frame, same kind of scenario as this year, then, you know, maybe then you part ways and you look for that person that's going to be the next guy. But as long as he keeps us up and as long as we look, you know, look the part and are playing well with the players, if, as long as we're playing with the players that we have, like how we should be playing, then absolutely. Yeah, yeah I agree with what you guys have both said. And I think if, this, if the youth becomes a priority to building the team, then why not have him be the guy with younger coaches like he currently has who have made an instant impact, uh, Paul Nevin and Kevin Nolan. Uh, I think you know, you're going to see a team that progresses rather than takes a step back. And hopefully this momentum that we've started to build now is something that carries through years to come. Uh, so let's keep our fingers crossed and stay positive there. Uh, until next time, guys, this is, this, uh, this is it from us at Green Street Hammers. Uh, hopefully we get a bunch of points against Arsenal, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Come on, you Irons.
Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.